podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The, the, the lineup never changes. <laughs> yeah, the formation never changes. It's, it's just from one year to another, it's all the same. The backgrounds never change on our Zoom calls. The, our, our, our relative weights never change. Nothing ever changes. Um, I think that's really starting off the new year with a fucking bang. Happy New Year anyway, guys. Um, <laughs> we've just done all our uh, New Year chat, so yeah. we, won't, we won't put you through listening to that um, on the Newcastle Natter. We'll just get straight into the football. There's been an awful lot of football since we last spoke. Of course, everyone wants to talk about transfers. We'll talk about transfers after the break. But first, we have to do the dirty work of talking about the last four games. Leicester lost 4-0. Liverpool lost 3-1. Manchester City lost 4-0. And then we had the good fortune to play the worst team in world football at the moment, Manchester United, and draw 1-1. Is there... Anything in particular you would like to say about those games, Dave? I think the Leicester, is, Leicester performance was the worst performance under Eddie Howe and we deservedly lost and we deservedly got spanked. I think the Liverpool and Man City games, I think that was those performances were a mid-table side being beaten by a much better side. Like They weren't particularly terrible performances and there were a couple of individual errors which like flattened the scoreline against us a bit. But I'm not like we were never gonna win them anyway, so I'm not really not really upset about that. Less less the result. Well, I just was remembered bad. that just looking at it, I just remembered we went ahead against Liverpool with a lovely goal from Shelby. Mm. Rejuvenated mm. Shelby. Go on, go, get into Man City. No, the, nothing much to talk about Man City. It was just um they were they were much better than us and had been throughout. I mean, it started with that horrific uh, defensive error, <clears throat> like in the first five minutes, um, where Kieran Clark again was at fault and let the ball go over him. I think he was expecting Dubravka to, to pick, like to to claim it, but instead of just heading it out for a corner, he just let the ball go over his head, and and um, Ruben Diaz got a, a tap in. It was. It was fucking terrible defending. And then we were all right. Uh, it was just that they were much better than us. So fine, fuck it, don't care. The more important thing to do is talk about the Man U game because I think that that both that performance and result is a better reflection of what this club, can, this side can be under Eddie Howe. Maybe, but Man United, they do give at the moment, they give whoever is playing them an opportunity to look good don't they Norwich did alright against Man United recently Wolves just beat Man United I mean that was it was two points dropped against Man U that wasn't we deserved to comfortably win my worry is I think we've said it on the WhatsApp a few times and possibly on the pod we're doing enough 
every game just enough to make sure we don't win and changing our performance for whoever the opposition is. So like playing Norwich, let's make sure we get someone sent off early and do just enough to not win. Same with sort of Brentford. And that needs to change. It's it's the defensive fuck-ups, really. We weren't we looked better defensively against Man U, but most teams look quite good defensively against Man U at the minute. They didn't really they didn't really offer much threat. No. No. I think and but it comes back to what Paul was saying, it's individual errors. I think against Liverpool we were doing okay and then defensive cock up and then suddenly we're in we're in the shit and you know they're all over us. Uh defensive error against Man City in the first five minutes completely ruins the game because now we have to chase the game and Man City are perfectly capable of picking off a side looking to, to beat us. And against um against Man U, Lascelles just lost Edson Cavani and you know he is a very very good striker it's not like losing I don't fucking know Sebastian Haller it's it's Cavani like don't fucking lose him and that's why that's why they got the equaliser I I would say that had Wilson stayed on the pitch I think we would have scored a second before they scored theirs Mm. and I think we would have gone on to win it I think injuries did um, screw us there were big positives as well. Like Joe Linton just looks <sighs> yeah. like a superb central midfielder now. One of one yeah. of the problem positions we had coming to this transfer window doesn't feel as much of a problem now. Sean Longstaff had easily his best game since oh. Rafa left. Since you mentioned Joe Linton and Sean Longstaff in quick succession, can we touch on what was the most heartwarming footage of oh, yeah. the season, which was the uh joint interview of Sean Longstaff and Joe Linton in which Sean Longstaff stood up for Joe Linton um, said for the last two years he's always been the best player in training whenever you had him on your team you knew you were going to win he said that the, 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 a lot of the criticism of Joe Linton was disgraceful the disrespect that he gets as, as Sean Longstaff put it and uh, it was very sweet to watch Joe Linton looked quite moved by it um, Although he did also look like a, a troubled rapper being defended by the head of his fan club. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, wrong with that? He, he may have hit those women, but he's really nice and you need to leave him alone. It's the best records. Just fine. Okay, well, we'll leave that there. <laughs> but no, it was very sweet. It was nice. But it's yeah, interesting because the... Sort of like Vieira, right? It's yeah. The yeah. performance against Man United was the best midfield performance since... Sissoko? Each each, I was going to say each of the long staffs when they first came onto the scene. I, remember I think it. it was better. I think I think like you were saying, Paul, that it, it, was, it was really exceptional. It was like when Sissoko first broke into the scene and he had that... Obviously, his debut against Chelsea, but there are a few other games where he absolutely bossed it. Joe Linton absolutely bossed that game. And when you look at the the calibre of the opposition, you know, he wasn't bossing it against Norwich. He was bossing it against individually capable footballers. And he was, he was outstanding. And uh, it's nice to see him getting the credit from not just, um, like, Newcastle fans, but also just the the wider the wider punditry like match of the day we're giving a lot of credit yeah. it's 
he deserves it because he's put in the work outside of the the, th- the training ground to, to make himself a better footballer. I think as well, he bossed it against what is certainly going to be Watford's future centre midfield pairing, <laughs> Tomine and Fred. <laughs> but he, right. was, he was keeping everybody in his pocket. It was great to see. Yeah. So we'll probably, you know, cut down all of this again after the break. But let's have a break and then we can get into a uh, transfer chat and hopefully, as it stands our first signing of the new era and perhaps plenty more to come. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, guys. Lovely. Yeah, I sorted out any noise I was making by zipping up my jumper. Good. Good. Do you feel recuperated from the break? Yeah, I've got a beer. So it looks like we've got our first new signing of the new era, I, I have in my head that a few pods ago, we were all sat in the same positions that we are now. And we had a long conversation about who we thought was or was just about to be confirmed as our new manager, Unai Emery. Uh, as it stands, we are told that a, a fee has been agreed for Trippier and he's on his way to Newcastle for a medical he's also waved goodbye to the fans at, at atletico so it, it it's it seems more like it seems more f- further down the line than emery was we, we jumped the gun on that so let's just allow ourselves the possibility of making tits of ourselves again and talk about our brand new signing trippier <laughs> Thoughts I, on I don't think... Go on, yes, Dave. I've never heard his name pronounced like that. He's not French. Yeah, Trippier. Yeah, he's Trippier. Yeah, he's Trippier. You're wrong, Trippier. I called him Trippier, but you know you're right. No, you're a punce. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sparks. Okay, if you want to, you can call him Sparkling Trippier. But I've always called him Trippier. <laughs> Um, it may be pronounced that way. It's true. I'll call him Trippier. Oh, it's Trippier. He'll probably be called, no, he's, he's, you'll be called Trips on the training, training ground, I expect. What are your thoughts? He's, 30, he's 31 years old, but he is a, a cracking right back. I don't think any 
um, right back created more chances than him at the last World Cup. I don't think any right back created more chances in um, La Liga outside of like Barcelona and Real Madrid, obviously. Um, he'll be at the peak of physical fitness because of his of his current manager. Didn't he let just win the league, though? So, anyway, go on. He may have, but anyway, fuck's that what to do then? Well, I don't Bella. know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, on the point that except for Barcelona and Real Madrid, like, obviously they would do better, but Atletico won the league. Anyway, carry on. Uh, I think he's an excellent and if the reported fee is correct which is 12 million plus add-ons and the add-ons that they're talking about is like 3 million quid if we survive we're assuming Um, even if it's 15 million quid for Kieran Trippier I think that's a fantastic bit of business sure apparently he's only got a few months left on his contract and he is over 30 but for a player of his standard and to come to our club, um, this Paul does show that is a. It, it's not Mbappe, but it is definitely a sign that things are different to the way they were a few months ago, right, Paul? Yeah, I think regardless, almost of Kieran Trippier, the way the deal's been done is very reassuring. It sort of shows. Who is it we brought in to be in charge of transfers on an interim basis? The guy who was at Celtic and Reading. Is it Dennis before. Wise? No, it's definitely not Dennis Wise. <laughs> but who, I can't remember his name there. But the guy we yeah. in charge of transfers seems to be, if we're only paying 12 million, considering the other day it was sort of saying 30 million or 25 million would be the asking price. And yeah. we're also like not bursting our wage structure. Like he's set to become the highest earner apparently, but on around a hundred grand a week, which for an England right back isn't terrible. I still think, only... Go on. I think the speed we've done the deal at as well. I mean, how often have we had anything coming in by like the fourth of January? No, yeah, that's reassuring. And it's it's and as uh, we failed to mention in the first half of the pod, it, it's still quite a while till we're going to have another Premier League game. So mm. that does give us the opportunity to get some players in who we do definitely need because of the standard of our squad and the fact that our two possibly best players, although Joe Linton maybe takes that, man, takes that mantle right now, but um, Wilson and St. Maximin are out. So we do need to make some signings. But I think Trippier. this also helps the other signings as well. It, I think so. If you're considering a move to Newcastle, this sort of shows, I don't know the sentence I'm trying to say here, but you know what I mean. It, ele- no. it elevates us in the conversation. Yeah. Instead of, like, you don't have to go for a Rubinho target, which like the equivalent would be like Coutinho, maybe. Or you don't have to do. Yeah, yeah. Like Kieran Trippier is. is what is that sound? Is, some, is somebody reversing a truck? What is it? It's, it's just. Twitter going crazy. You get buzzes. You get buzzes every time there's a tweet. Every single time there's any anybody tweets. Nigella's got a a new recipe out. (laughs) (laughs) What do you get buzzes for on Twitter? I just get notifications when certain accounts tweet. Do you? 
Yeah. Are we are we any of those accounts? Um so the other positions that we're looking Unbelievable. at obviously left back. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that, I bet the accounts that you get notifications are on like Barry Glenn Denning and whatever, whoever Fucking your like, enemies are. NUFC <laughs> stats. <laughs> Luke Edwards is one, but I don't mind Luke Edwards. I mean, he's a bit of a prick, but fucking fine. Right. Not about it. Let's talk about Newcastle's other transfer um, options. So Trippier looks like he's done and dusted. Oh, I wanted a chance to talk about Trippier. I'm the host. The fuck yeah, are you yeah. going to bring up? You can't even get his name right. I want, I want my moment to talk about Trippier. Oh, hang on a minute, Dave. Be quiet. You've just had another tweet. <laughs> Can you turn that off? The fuck? Keep it, no, keep it, keep it going. We can't have him miss another tweet from Piers Morgan. <laughs> hang on. Piers Morgan or Piers Corbin? Well, either. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, I the devil and angel on your shoulders. <laughs> Come on, then tell us about Kieran Trippier. Well, I was going to say, what? It'd be nice to have a dead ball specialist, someone who can actually take a free kick or a corner. Yeah, Fair enough. At a standard a lot higher than anything we've got. And I was yeah, going to say, point. yes, he's probably past his peak, but he's. Clearly good going forward and defending. He's a yeah. proper pro. He's quite fast going forward as well. So I think compared to sort of Mankio and Kraft, he'll be a bit nippy, eh? <laughs> Very good. Very good. It's it's crumbling as a podcast. Dave, I, mean, I don't know what we're meant to move on to next. I don't know. You're hosting, obviously. What, what do we move on to now? Other yeah. targets. Other targets, yes. Thank you. So there was uh, talk of uh, this week Aubameyang on mm-hmm. a loan deal. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Aubameyang. <laughs> well, you've, you've actually just said it in a very racist way. I think <laughs> me and Dave are going to distance ourselves from this. <laughs> oh, oh who's that? <laughs> how, can you not, how can you not turn how it off? How is that still on? How, you keep on clicking it. How, Dave, now is your opportunity to turn it off or you will be shot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> two seconds. Turn the sound off. <laughs> Dave. Right, Dave's now gone. To hide. We literally can't see it, Dave, anymore. I'm still here. He's still there. Just what? keep talking. I think Obama Yang would be a terrible signing for us. In terms yes, of... I sort of like shouted it on WhatsApp a little while ago, but I've completely, before it was mooted in the press, but now I've completely done an about turn and I also think it would be a disaster. Go on. I think it, well, yeah, it would be like when we signed Patrick Cliver, but it sort of has the feel of like Loic Remy to QPR, someone who's just there for the wages. I think we need sort of hungrier players. Like you can be a high earning player, who isn't just in it for the money. Like Trippier, Trippier feels like he'll be hardworking enough and not, it doesn't feel like a mercenary signing. Whereas Obama Yang, you just think we've got quite a good work ethic in our squad. And there is a sort of, they're quite a good hardworking group of players. And it's the sort of player you don't want to throw into the middle of that. 
And yeah, the only thing we balance. know about him at the moment is that like he's out of favour at his club because of behavioural issues. Yeah. Mm. And and he uh for all his talent and you know, you think about him as a top Premier League striker and then you sort of have a look at his record in the last couple of years and what Arsenal fans are saying about him and you think, oh yeah, maybe he's really gone off the ball and I hadn't really noticed. I would rather uh, have any other Arsenal striker than him. Well, yeah. We're, but we're, I have seen a little bit of talk about Nketiah, as a, which as a loan would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's... I mean, I'm not so worried about the money because he'll get the money wherever he is. It's not like he's, we're going to pay him more or whatever. Although, yes, so I'd be... smash our wage structure. Yeah. But he he also is about to go off to the African Cup of Nations. So, like, we desperately need a striker. And for him to piss off for a month... He might come yeah. back just as Callum Wilson returns from injury. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think we're, we're not for... Were it not for the African Cup of Nations, I'd be okay with having a talented mercenary like Aubameyang because certainly in his situation, because it would only be a loan deal because we wouldn't pay the whatever the market value is for him. Um, I'd, I'd take him, but yeah, because he's going to be missing for, because of the Af- African Cup of Nations, then we should focus our targets elsewhere. And uh, Ketia from, from Arsenal... And there's other strikers like um, Gabriel Barbosa, um, Andrea Bellotti, um, that are out there and available. And it's more likely to be a permanent move, which means they're more likely to put in a shift. Um, so up front, difficult because the, either you're bringing in a, like somebody to start ahead of Callum Wilson and you're going to phase Callum Wilson out, or you're bringing somebody in to compete with him. And it's, well, I think it's you almost have to bring in someone to compete with him, though, because he's sort of shown you're not going to get a full season out of Callum Wilson, so it's quite hard to build a team around him. Yeah, and in the relegation, everything right now has to be about how do we get to the end of the season and survive. That's mm. what it has to be about. And the fact is, Callum Wilson cannot be relied on to, to play as no. good as he is when he does. Mm. We already know that he's out for a month or whatever. So yeah. we definitely need a, a striker who can who can start. And when you talk about like Barbosa or the other one, you said Bellotti, I'm looking at a very long list of strikers we've been connected to and he's not on it. But um, West Ham have been linked with Barbosa as well today, I think. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would I like to see about strikers from other leagues just because, you know, we need them to hit the ground running and there's no guarantees, but go on, Paul. Yeah, but you... Well, I've said to you, I think I'd quite like to see Mitrovic return. I think in a less defensive team, I think he would be not necessarily expecting to start every game when Wilson's fit, but would be useful and a different kind of proposition and a good player to bring off the bench. I don't see it happening. I, I don't see it either because you can't trust Mitrovic to keep his head 
And what would inevitably happen is Wilson would be out for a month and Mitrovic would get a three-game suspension because of a stupid red card on top of a stupid red card on top of... You know what I mean? It's just, I don't... It's going very well for him at Fulham anyway, aren't they? About to yeah. Go yeah he, literally, to spend... he literally eats goals for breakfast, lunch and dinner. At the... Well, we don't need someone to eat goals. We need someone to vomit goals. We... <laughs> Uh, I, I just can't there. see it happen. So um, the other I think there are there are good options, all of whom we've released in the last few years under Benitez. <laughs> so you got Ivan Tony as well, but I think he would cost quite a lot of money. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's. I, th- I understand why people tend to like focus on who's available in the Premier League or the Championship because those are the leagues that you, we know better. But there are far far better options out in the, the rest of the world. Like, I don't know, maybe if, if at the beginning of the season we had been taken over, we could have picked up Vlaovic um, from Fiorentina. I think he's a superb striker. I think we could have picked up, um, I don't know, we could have got Barbosa at the beginning of the season. There's plenty of players out there who are, um, if they're not proven at the Premier League, but they are really fucking good players and they would fit with Eddie Howe's system. Mitrovic wouldn't. Just it's a weird just one. Wouldn't. I feel like strikers coming from outside the Premier League, especially in the winter window. The only one I can think of who's hit the ground running was Papi Cisse. That's not just for us. That's sort of out of all of them. It's hard to think of too many who hit the ground. I'm sure there's dozens of examples now. I've said that. Hmm. I do know what you're saying. and There are a lot more examples of strikers who sound brilliant and have great records from other yeah. leagues arriving in the Premier League and really struggling for a while. And it doesn't mean they're not talented and they weren't, and it doesn't mean they were even a bad signing. And that, like I say, there's no guarantees. You can't, there's, there isn't such a thing as guaranteed goals or anything. Well, like Luke but, de Jong now at Barcelona, we had him on loan and it didn't work out at all. It is quite a hard league, I think, especially for a striker to adjust to. I think other positions on the pitch, it's a lot easier to slot in. I'm hmm. seeing Edin Dzeko we were linked to. Wouldn't mind that. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched him for a while. But... The one I'd love is Giroud from two seasons ago. There's, sort of, <laughs> there's certain players where you think that would have been perfect at the time. Let's see if we, well, let's see if we can get him. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we issued a come and get me plea to 2019's Olivier Giroud. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out some other names, not just strikers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a name that has been exciting me for some time is Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently, from what I've seen, that is one to be taken seriously. That could definitely He's very happen. good. He's just not played 90 minutes for months, has he? No, he's not playing a lot. But then the same could be said for Donny van der Beek, who sure, oh, van der Beek, isn't it? Is it van der Beek? Van der Beek, yeah. So racist. Um, he's it's clearly not worked out for him at Man New, which seems ridiculous. I mean, how much? Has a football I, club I, in the UK ever fucked up as much as Man New at the moment? I mean, I mean we've saying. given them a good run at times. <laughs> Man, you were like, aren't they like the most like expensive team ever assembled or something? Yeah. 
Um, it's mad. I'd, I'd snap your hands off for Donny van der Beek. I'd, I'd have him over Ramsey. Yeah. I'd like either. Mm. But weirdly, okay. yeah, yeah, I would. Weirdly, I don't think central midfield is as big as an issue as as the other positions. Like centre forward is now vital because yeah. Wilson's out for a month, and the defence because in the last three or four games we've seen that it's the defence that's the real like it's the individual lack of quality or the lack of individual quality that's so, really screwing us. It's sounding like Sven Botman is. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't. I don't understand why nobody else finds that name funny. Because <laughs> we're grown ups. <laughs> come on, it's with Sven as well. It's just together. Come on. <laughs> um, it's sounding like Sven Botman might be uh, harder to uh, come by than uh, we would have hoped. <laughs> you should have put every move word into that sentence. <laughs> No, no, it genuinely wasn't. Um, we, apparently, we bid something like 30 million and that was rejected. Mm. I think yeah. if we have put a second, apparently, second and final bid in. But well, AC Milan it's... are also keen on him. Yeah, but AC Milan cannot match the, the amount of money that um, Leona are asking for, whereas we potentially can if if we're spending 35 40 million pounds on Sven Botman I think that's a really good I think it's a really good bit of business for us because he is you know he is a very very good centre half and that's where we are weakest because it's only really Fabian Schaar and the rest are all championship and Fabian Schaar is injured all the time I think 40 million for Sven Botman yeah I if I were in charge of the finances 40 million quid on that position makes a lot of sense to me, much more so than spending a similar amount on like uh, Samuel and Titi from Barcelona. A lot of talk of Tarkovsky still, apparently. We were told a while ago that Burnley, he, you know, from Burnley, that he was not for sale. Apparently, Tarkovsky wants it. I'm also seeing that Burnley fans think he's been shit for quite a while, but maybe that's. Mm. Maybe that's them playing mind games. Um, but also, like Southampton fans were saying, Van Dyke was um, wasn't playing very well prior to his move to to Liverpool, and and it could just be that if if your head's not in the game for the club that you're at, you may, like I don't know, I'm not a professional footballer. Maybe you're. So you're saying James You're saying James Tarkovsky is the next Van Dyke. That's what you're saying. That's that's literally. That's he, literally he what I'm saying, be. you fucking bellend. He can't be the next Van Dyke to keep reading that Sven Botman, who nobody knew about a month ago, <laughs> is the next This is the We thing. can't That's sign two Van Dykes. Hang on a second. This, this, is, this is something that I hear about a lot, where, where, where people haven't heard of a footballer, and then when other people say, oh, this is a good player, then that grow, uh, drives up excitement from the fan base, and they think he's the like the next coming or whatever. And then there is always a subset who's like, oh, apparently he's the next Van Dyke or whatever. No, it's just that he is good. If you look at like if you do the research into it, do your own research, have a look at do the, your the statistics. I do, and that's why I haven't taken the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, guys. I'm boosted. Go on, Dave. 
like genuinely if when you hear about a name like um uh yeah like like Sven Botman or Gabriel Barbosa go and have a deep dive into his statistics go and have a look at like interviews about the player go and have a look at other people's opinions on the player and then from that build your own opinion Sven Botman is a good center half he's one the of the most highly rated I mean I understand that this is a football podcast and this is fun to talk about and whatever but the mm. only thing I will really form my opinion on is like if we actually sign him on his performances because like this is this is just the nature of football right like really smart people who really know about football frequently spend a lot of money on signings who don't work out yeah. and every signing who we've had over the last from what I can remember, there's been almost every signing. There's been a lot of opinions on him from Newcastle fans or from journalists that, like, there's so much opinion on a player before they actually play, which very rarely is what they actually are. Do you know what I mean? I hear so much about what certain players are and then they play and they're not that. Yeah. <laughs> you, just don't, you just don't know. We don't know. Like... I'm not going to go and read interviews about Sven Botman. I don't know. I know. I mean, like, I just don't fucking know. Like, he's just some dude with a funny name who plays for Lille. And and if people, smart people who know about football rate him, then I guess we'll see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, the temptation (laughs) as a fan is to only accentuate the positives in everyone we're linked with until we miss mm. out on them. And then, well, we probably escaped a bullet, actually, because they've not got Premier League experience. We don't know. There's no mm. certainties. Even Trippier, that could be like when we signed Stephen Carr and thought we were getting one of the best right-backs in the league, but actually they were just past it. It's it all. Be. There's no science to it, but Sven Botman is the best future centre-back in the world. <laughs> Well, what's interesting is the other names that we've been linked with, um, like few of them are like Coutinho, you know, that level of that, that Rubinho transfer. Few of them are. Some of them are, you know, like Kieran Trippi is a, a, a well-known name. Um, I don't know, like Aaron Ramsey's a well-known name. But the majority of them are like not that well-known. And it's, I mean, you could look at it in two ways. You could either say, oh, it's good because we're looking for players that best fit us rather than just going for big names. Or it could be they don't know who they, what they're doing and they're just casting the net wide. So I'm erring towards the trying to take the positive. Yeah, we'll have to see. But I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for not introducing a player on 300 grand a week. Yeah. Mm whatever car they arrive in to <laughs> to our squad. You know, I'm just not sure that'll go well in many instances. I think one yeah. centre-back currently in Europe who I think would be very good for us is Chancellor Mbemba, who wouldn't be that <laughs> expensive. He's, no, he's doing really well. Okay. I would genuinely take him back. Fair I think enough. he's sort of what we need. Another one not that a- Rafa sold... Yeah, Rafa. <laughs> you love your little digs at, at Benitez, don't you? Well, I've I've always been very pro Rafa. Then you start looking at all the decent players he's got rid of for us, and you kind of think, 
Well, he's proven the doubters wrong at Everton now. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not biting. Well, speaking of Everton, Lucas Dinier. Mm. Yeah. Or, or Luca Dean, as he might be called. No. <laughs> Lucas Dignay. <laughs> I would love, I would absolutely um, love to see Luca Dina and Kieran Trippier on the flanks because they create a fuck ton of chances. Yeah. And someone like Callum Wilson would would get so many opportunities. Who's with those two? I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at right a long list of it, it's Names. compiled by NUFC.com. It's a list of everyone we've been linked with in January mm. And looking at the centre backs, I suppose that the, I mean people say it's a lost art, isn't it? There aren't that many like big name centre backs around anyway anymore. But like looking at the names, it's, it's like Nat Phillips, Mason Holgate, Rob Holding. Like all of these could potentially improve our squad. Nathan Ake as well still keeps getting linked. Lloyd, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, Kelly Bournemouth, right? Lloyd Kelly. I mean, there's we there's need a, someone who's gonna, and I'm not saying none of them will, but we need someone who's we need a fucking seismic shift in that defence. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but you think with two new fullbacks who can actually defend and attack and a ball playing yeah. defender, it might, like Lascelles might suddenly be less of a liability with that sort mm. of structure around him. You never know. And with and a, having, decent, having and a decent centre midfielder in the, yeah, in the centre means that they're Joe under Linton less pressure. Playing, even having Joe Linton playing where he is playing right now. Yeah, I think if if we were to pick up someone like Holding, Holgate, uh, Nathan Ake, they would dramatically improve our centre-backs because while they are not, they're not good enough for the teams that they're at, they are better than our centre-halves by orders of magnitude because we're playing with Kieran Clark, Jamal Lascelles, Fernandez. Occasionally, Emil Kraft and and Fabian Schaar, and with the best one in the world, only one of them has the the ability to be a Premier League footballer. The rest of them are now top of the Championship. Mm. Do you think? Whereas these kids, are, as well, yes, the other thing because I thought Mankio filled in very well at left back. You suddenly think Lewis Mankio Dummett when he's back. I put all yeah, of those ahead I, of Richie. Oh, but. But the Lucadinho would be better than all of them. Yeah. And like and Lewis has got fucking time on his side. So he he and, and Dino could like swap positions, like, you know, could could be those two on the on the um on the left hand side. And on the right hand side you've got Trippier with uh, Mankio Kraft who can play in that position. It makes sense to have like options. Okay, um, I totally forgot about social media, but we did have some correspondence on social media, so I should probably have a look at it. Uh, I have read some of this, but I've totally forgotten about it. Andy Sheldon says, no real question, just utter joy at being able to finally feel positive and enjoy a transfer window. Or they have put transfer widow, which would make a good film. (laughs) It is nice as well, just not to be thinking at the start of January, like, it would be good if we could get Hamza Chowdhury in before the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> on loan. 
It would be hilarious if we got through this transfer window without buying anyone. <laughs> Just loads of talk and then didn't buy anyone. Um, Paul M says, new striker has taken an added importance with Wilton injury. Which would you go for from the five million names mentioned to date? You might as well, we might as well, uh, we've talked about it, but what would be your number one choice, Paul? Oh, can you come back to me? I need to have a think. Um, I would go with um, Barbosa. Gabigol. Have you ever seen Barbosa play? Like highlights and stuff, but I've done a lot of deep diving on the statistics because when somebody's linked, I like to know what he is. He's good. All right. Highly rated. I can't think of a striker who would actually... No, it feels like any other season, there'd be a very decent reserve at Chelsea or at Leicester. <laughs> but Tammy well, We've been linked with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Could we afford him? Probably not, but we've been linked with him. I don't think we'd... There's not... There's, well, that'd be all right. <laughs> They're a dying breed. There aren't that many strikers. Bring Hossalu home. That's what I think There's fucking be. loads of strikers. Not in the way they used to be, because loads of the top clubs... It used to be standard, right? All right, Brexit. That's <laughs> <laughs> bollocks. So I used you to be able to go outside to be a striker on your doorstep. And you wouldn't have to lock your door. <laughs> right, Man City have got one striker who's kind of a striker, Jesus. Yeah, but that's got the older teams. They're sort of... Chelsea, yeah, have, Chelsea have got one striker, Lukaku. Liverpool have got two strikers. Firmino is kind of like a false nine on, isn't he? Manu have got 80. Yeah, can we have one of theirs? I would love Cavani. I would love Cavani, Greenwood, Rashford. They're completely ruining Greenwood and Rashford. I mean, Mm -hmm. we should have one of them, but that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. I I don't know. Sorry, just I can't get over that bollock statement. There are no strikers out there. There's fucking loads, man. Aren't the other, the other interesting one. Days gone by. Go on. Day. Sorry, I was going to say the other the other one I like just because of the story around them is Brereton Diaz. I love that. Yeah, but yeah. it would feel like a huge gamble. He could be our Rocky Santa Cruz. Yeah, I don't even know the story around him. Tell us. Well, he is. Like a sort of young English striker, somebody he did an interview and said his mum was. What, is it not Chile? Is it or is it Chile? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chilean. Chilean. Yeah. So someone updated that on Football Manager. Then a Chilean Football Manager player started like a campaign to get him a cap for the Chilean team. He got a call up. He's just been scoring for fun for them. He's suddenly <laughs> scoring. Like he's on fire at Blackburn. He's got like so, 20 I mean, goals has, for Blackburn? Yeah. It has a yeah. lot of alarm bells as a player. Yeah. I'd like it. Let's see him. Well, he is one of the only strikers currently playing professional football, so. One of five. Let's get By the way, bef- before that, before that, um, that, uh, that story, he was just Brereton. He wasn't Brereton Diaz. So he's tacked on Diaz subsequently. I, sh- I should have gone through these these tweets before earlier on, but you know, I didn't. Swan Ronson says, Do you have a block book 
do you have to block book pottery classes after the initial introduction asking for a friend <laughs> you do i think um, like take uh, an annual membership and just go in when you want and then they'll let you use the kiln and this has been covered earlier on in the podcast i guess tom moss says seeing as lil seemed to be refusing to sell botman who is dangerous? Botman. <laughs> He's not a fucking superhero. Forever, <laughs> Botman. Who is Dave going to start bringing up every natter as the answer to that? <laughs> Barbosa. Sure. Barbosa. No. no. We've got to get Pierre, Pierre and Luke Fukawa, who's absolutely tearing up the. The Finnish League. <laughs> oh, isn't knowing things fucking ridiculous? Bellend. We don't know anything about football. <laughs> There's no strikers anywhere. There aren't. There's hardly There's fucking loads, you dick. Compared to the 90s. Compared to yeah, the 90s. 4-2s are lost formations. So you've already, like, cut half the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's like a lot it's, less strikers. It's demonstrably untrue that there's no strikers. <laughs> it's demonstrably. I'm not saying that on what you mean is what you mean is that the the pro like the the typical striker from the ninety doesn't exist. Like the big man little man combination because no, you're getting them in one player. Well, what the fuck are you there's talking about then? Because there's strikers. loads of strikers. There's loads of there's not that strikers. many good ones around. There's at least there's two on the books of every Premier League club. <laughs> No, there's, there's loads. <laughs> three good strikers on the books of every Premier League club. I said there it isn't ours. I said at least two. Otherwise, we won't be having this fucking conversation. At least two. At least two. Well, there used to be at least four. Right, there's less a minute left on the Zoom. We're going to start another meeting so we can fucking bang on about this for another 40 minutes and then we'll talk about the Cambridge game. Uh, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. This is... With the Zoom meeting ended, this is a new Zoom meeting. I'm like failing not to drag on this conversation about strikers. Just pointed out you can't move for fullbacks now. A lot of fullbacks. Every club's got about four or five left backs. So the nature of the game's changed. So Mane and Salah are strikers, exactly. They're but they're being but they're being played as wide forwards. It's just the nature of the game's changed. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a winger who can defend, but he's played in that fullback position. So it, it's not that those skill sets don't exist. It's just they're either being played in different positions. Yeah, it's like Phil, Wilson's Phil Foden. We need to get a striker. We do need a goal scorer. I will not take Salah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a Roy of the Rovers type. Yeah. Well, he was a midfielder, wasn't he? I don't know. Um, so, uh, right. Our next game is against Cambridge. Is there much to say about that? It's a sellout, yeah. which is quite unusual for this round of the cup. It's unreal. Uh, hopefully, we will be able to field a side. Hopefully, there'll be a new signing in the squad. You want to fire out a prediction? I've just realised I'm running out of batteries on my computer, so do it quick. Dave? Uh, I think we'll win 3-0. Paul? 
Paul? I think 2-0. I wonder if uh, Eddie Howe will decide to rest some players or because there's been a bit of a gap, he'll be thinking more about like keeping players match fit and giving confidence. I wonder. I'm going to say 2-1. Surely we'll win. You tell us, I mean, would, I was thinking about this earlier today. Would you take relegation and an FA Cup final yes. this year? Oh. Ooh. But you don't know which yeah. way the final is going to go? Uh, no. What? Well, because if uh, the FA so Cup if final I, was if I know we'd If I know we'd lose the final, then I definitely wouldn't take it. Yeah. And would I take relegation and a final against... Man City or Liverpool or Chelsea? No, I wouldn't because I know we'd lose it. But Man City and winning the FA uh, relegation and winning the fucking Carabao. Yes, I would take that. Yeah, but get, just getting to a final, no, because yeah, nobody cares about who came second in the final. Yeah. And to be relegated sucks. No, that's a stupid question, Paul. Well, don't you get? Do you still get European qualification if you runner-up if they get Champions League? Depends on how it falls. Because if if Aston Villa were to get to the FA Cup final and were to beat us, which they definitely could, I mean, it would go worst, to that's the worst of all scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm saying if a Champions League qualifying team beat us in an FA Cup final. And we got relegated. Would we still go into Europe the next year? I think we would, yeah. I think we would, yeah, I'd do yeah, that. I think, so. I, th- I think so. So, um, I really am running out of batteries. So, uh, <laughs> so I think... What's we'll your, oh, you've had your prediction, haven't you? 2-1. Mm-hmm. We've all done our predictions. We'll be back again, I presume, next week, hopefully with some more signings and probably some more transfer talk. talk. There's so much to talk about. And uh, in between now and then, we'll see if we can locate the world's missing strikers. Where have they all gone? Thank you. Thank you, Dave Watson. I nearly called you Steve Watson then. Thank you, Dave Watson. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel Craig. He could, we could do it. He could play a striker. <laughs> Steve Watson, he could play a striker, couldn't he? Because oh, I, I said Daniel Craig. Oh, Steve Watson, hat trick for Everton. Yeah. Paul. <laughs> Paul. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paul. Dillon. You fucking weirdo. And thank you. To <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to you, the Newcastle Nassau listener. Goodbye. <laughs> If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.